ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Thursday, November the 19th, 2020, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, Hey, Joel, I'm doing well. I'm coming at you, as usual, from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, My hot take this week is that um, this my hot take this week is that Theo Epstein is going to take a job uh, running the show for the New York Mets in the coming week or so. Um, he stepped down as president of baseball operations for the Cubs this week, um, but like about three weeks ago, he was talking about his contract was up at the end of the 2021 season, and he did a whole interview about how he was going to st- not stay with the Cubs after the 2021 season. Um, but was going to stay through his, the end of his contract. So he stepped down. He said he's not looking for a job, but I think that he's going to be running the Mets for new owner Steve Cohen soon. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that a lot. I read a thing with uh, Epstein that he realized that, I, I'm paraphrasing here, he realized that it's people like him who may have made baseball less entertainment entertaining over the last several years. I, I was wondering what the hell he was doing, but this clears it all up. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> right. He, he thinks that, that folks like him need to rectify that by getting guys on base more often. <laughs> yeah. I like Sam. I, yeah, I like it. I think it's a good hot take, and I'm, I'm on board. I think all things Mets. Yeah. Do you think Epstein is, both of you, do you think Epstein's overrated, underrated, or exactly the right rated? <clears throat> I mean, it's hard to say that he's underrated after being the guy who took the Red Sox to the, like, over the top to break that curse and then immediately went to the Cubs and did the same thing. So, But, but maybe he's only good for coast teams, which would right. make sense. Yeah, maybe he's, like, not actually a baseball guy. He's just a witch doctor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, there's your real hot (laughs) take. Yep. I like that. Also joining us tonight, as per usual, is Thomas. Thomas, how's it going? Hey, Joel and Sam. It's going pretty good coming at you. Hot and steamy from cold Seattle. Uh, My hot take this week is uh, DJ LeMayhew, uh, the Yankees, all-star, I guess there wasn't an all-star game. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, second baseman and average stud, when everybody knows how I feel about that, is uh, looking to re-sign with the Yankees. He's hoping for a five-year deal, and I think that the Yankees should sign him to that five-year deal, all, even though albeit he is 32 years old and will be 37 by the time that that contract would expire. I think that the other... I think the real reason they should sign him because if they don't, he's going to sign with the New York Mets and Steve Cohen right across town and haunt them f- for the next few years, which I might be fine with. But if the Yankees are smart, 
It seems like a bet dumb idea, but I think they should take it. Yeah, I keep rooting against LeMayhew and expecting him to regress to the mean at some point because there's. But then I spent he does three years doing that, and then I kind of am like, uh, I'm I'm a fan. Sorry, I'm not a fan, but I would be a fan of him on the Mets. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, maybe my hot take is revised to, geez, I'm excited for what's going to happen with DJ LeMahieu this offseason. <laughs> I, uh, Man, you know, the I'm Yankees... I'm going to DJ LeMahieu. I want to back this up a little bit, Jesus. I don't know. The Yankees giving him a deal through his age 37 season. I don't know if that'll happen. Not this year. Um, but the I Yankees, they have, they have the track record of paying people well beyond their usable years for now, so... Do you think the Mets would pay him through year 37? I don't think anybody nope. would in 2021. No way. Robinson Cano just went down for 162 <laughs> full game suspension. Yeah, That's true. We're going to talk about that. Ugh, fucking A. Now, DJ LeMayhew, fucking LeMayonnaise. I don't know. I don't like that guy. <laughs> the only good thing, I would only like him if he goes to the Mets and grows his hair out and gets a wicked cool goatee or something like that. Mustache. Yeah. Handleball mustache. Joel, ever since you started growing out your hair and growing your goatee, you just want everybody to grow out their hair and grow a goatee. Exactly. Yeah, why not? <laughs> really like, you want to know what I want Donald Trump to do after he leaves the White House? Grow out his hair and grow a sweet goatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jail, whatever. I don't care about the rest. I just want his hair and sweet goatee. Well, yeah. his hair is really long. <laughs> It's just like all swirled on top of his head. He's got like the long. I bet with his hair down, it's like this killer mullet. You know what I mean? Like I bet. They like said that uh, uh, Cohen, Michael Cohen, his lawyer, wrote a thing saying that it takes him like three hours to do his hair, and when he wakes up, he's bald with like real long. Um, yeah, he pull- I mean, it's completely folded up over. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole. I mean, it's it's broad over the top. I'm motioning to Joel. Yeah, he's motioning. Yeah, I was going it, to... It's a wave motion. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like the, 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 the glory of catching him in, like, uh, Bill Murray and Kingpin, I forget the name That's of it. That's the one. That's what That's I, You are absolutely right about that. It's the Bill Murray from Kingpin. Yeah, when he's conquering at the at the bowling championships. That, that, his hair is just going everywhere. That's what. That's the image I've always wanted to catch of Donald Trump. Nobody ever has. The cl- there was a close one on the plane. Like getting on the plane, he had some weird like flap up thing. Yeah, underrated sports movie, Kingpin. Uh, hey everybody, my name's Joel. I'm coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. My hot take for the evening. Thank God, Jose Pito Abreu, 2020 MLB MVP. Woo! Ending. Hey. Ending the Southsiders' streak this offseason of second-place finishes. Luis Robert, second-place Rookie of the Year. Um, Ricky Rodriguez, second-place AL Manager of the Year. Rick Hahn, second-place AL GM of the Year. So, we won something, Southsiders. Thank fucking God, finally. <clears throat> it was also really hilarious, uh, great watching Abreu literally break down in tears when he won the award. So, go Abreu. You're the guy. That's the only good thing about the White Sox offseason. Sorry about Tony La Russa. Sorry about Tony La Russa. Yeah, my, runner, my second place hot take actually had to do with the White Sox, so that kind of makes sense. Yeah, 
Yeah. Second place and everything. Yep. I mean, second place hot takes is first place, place in my heart. Takes. There you go. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I want to give some shout outs again. Uh, we are ostensibly a baseball podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Dump on the Ump Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple iTunes. Give us a like, a, a like, a like, a subscription. Tell your friends. Shout out to everybody who's been listening to us. Dozens of listeners, Providence, Rhode Island, San Jose, Seattle, San Francisco, California, Champaign, Illinois, Drexel Hill, Barcelona, Sydney, Australia, Geneva, New York. Scrolling down, seeing if there's any cool eh, Queens. We're going to talk about Queens a lot the next couple of weeks. Chico, (coughs) California, Phoenix, Arizona, Brussels, Belgium. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure to tell your friends. You can check us out on SoundCloud slash at Hemp, Spotify. I don't know. We've got a Instagram, but we don't update it, so don't check that out. Right, we got to stop. <laughs> we got to do a top of the crock takeover of the dump on the imp. Yes, tro- top of the crock has got to be. Our, our Instagram account has to just become a food account now. <laughs> That's all anyone wants on Instagram anyway. That's a pretty good, that's a good pivot, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, check out the top of the clock. Uh, we also talked about Tony LaRusso getting a DUI. Him and his buddy Robert Kraft are going to drop all the acid and drive around during spring training in Florida. It's going right. to be crazy. Talk about the California Angels. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Talk about the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, y'all want me to take the first headline? Sure. Well, actually, should I take the last headline? I'm going to, yeah. I was just about to text you. Um, yeah. I'll, let me read the first one. Yep. All right. Go All right. <clears throat> My, the Miami Marlins hire Kim Ang, the first female GM in Major League Baseball, uh, chattering the glass Diamond. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> the Miami Marlins named King An- Kim Ang their first their new GM last week, becoming the first team in MLB history to employ a woman as their general manager. Ang was hired as the assistant GM for the New York Yankees in 1998 at the age of 29 and was with them through most of their final dynasty years. Ang takes over for a Marlins team coming off a successful 2020 COVID season, but has said that she wants the team to be, quote, out there more in the community. I want the Marlins to be seen as a pillar of the community. So the question is, why the hell would you want the fucking Marlins to be part of your community? Like, they suck, right? Like, even though they were good this year, they were like a, a, a glorified AAA team. They're, they're, they're still under the boot and heel of Derek Jeter, for Christ's right. sake. So I mean, like, under the boot and heel. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Jeter and Kim Ang were, they, they got to know each other when he was a player for the Yankees. And I mean, it sounds was, like their career trajectory is about the same. 
I mean, they've been they've been partners in this. She came up with the Yankees in '98. I mean, what year did he first appear? '96, '97, '96, I think. Oh yeah, he won he won the uh, MVP or the Rookie of the Year in '96 yeah, over yeah. Rodriguez. Um, I think I think there's a lot of things, a lot to unpack about this. All of them being important questions but also to be included in our conversation regarding race and baseball, racism in baseball. I think the fact that she's not only is it a woman, but it's an Asian woman. I think Asian Americans are not probably very well represented in major league baseball. Yeah. She is. the. Did you say she's the first Asian American GM too? I did not know she was the first Asian American. Yeah, I was saying that I would yeah. number that Asian. I was saying I would imagine Asian Americans weren't well represented in the major leagues. Yeah, I think baseball is has a lot of doors to break down. I think the fact that she knocks down two of them pretty quickly is super. I mean, it's, it's super significant. I I think that the Marlins. I don't. Ha- I guess I don't have the same hate for Derek Jeter that it translates to the Marlins. I always kind of pull for the Marlins in a weird way. They seem sort of plucky to me, and I don't. I don't. I think they have kind of a connection. I think they have a pretty deep connection to the Latin American community in Miami, or at least they have in the past. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think I, I don't wish ill will on the Marlins just because of their secondary connection to the New York Yankees. <clears throat> okay. I, just, I, I have a couple things to say about this. First is I hate this move, and not because. Yeah, well, I hate it because, like, I don't want to like the Marlins, but I I really like this move, you know? Um, and I think that it's probably time to, you know, for women to be more representative in baseball front offices. Um, and so I hate it because of that. The I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, the Yankees want one of their own people running their AAA farm system down in Miami. Yeah. So it's like... It's kind of, you know, it's like a good move for Aang, but it's kind of, you know, also like she's just running a AAA team for the Yankees. So it kind of makes sense to have that kind of continuity from their AAA front office to their major league team front office. Um, And I'm, you know, kind of surprised that people aren't talking more about that. Agreed, agreed, yeah. And and like, yeah, Jito... Wait, well, I, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead. Carry on. No, I, I had nothing important to say except, you know, Jito speaks highly of her, which, like, is worth a lot. Like, I, I'm i a hater of Derek Jito, but uh, he speaks highly of her. She had, came up, she was born in Indiana. She went to the University of Chicago. Uh, she got her first job as assistant director of baseball operations for the White Sox, and she was... 22 years old when the White Sox hired her as assistant director of baseball operations. Um, Crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, Her husband... Okay, this is why I'm rooting for her. Her husband owns a vineyard in Amity, Oregon. Population 1,700. What? Not at Jimmy John's? Not at... <laughs> I doubt there's a Jimmy John's in Amity, Oregon. I don't even I, I don't even know where Amity, Oregon is. I'm trying to figure that out. I'll Google anyway, it. I'm Googling it right now. Um, okay, so is this going to lead to... 
we should move on. But do you think this is going to break a glass window, a glass ceiling? Do you think that this will open the door for more women in Major League Baseball? No. Why not? I still think Major League Baseball is a stodgy old boys club, and they're pretty reticent to give away much more than token handouts for sort of, you know, sort of like maybe maybe Sam has a point that it's more of like, you know, uh, the Marlins are sort of just being kind of co-opted by all the powers that be as sort of a, I mean, they, they feed to all the, you know, they, they, they've been unloading talent all over the, the league, not just the Yankees. So, I don't know, maybe there's something more nefarious there, something nefarious at foot. Well, I, I think that she's incredibly overqualified for this job. Is the other thing like? Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on her to do really well, and based on everything she has done in the hist- in her professional history, she's going to do very well. You know, right? Yeah, she's and, qualified. And she's like qualified to be the GM of a real major league baseball club. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Which makes her way overqualified for the Marlins job. Yep. Uh, which makes it a bit. I see. All right, I'm taking it. I'll, I like where you're going with this. Uh, and then all right, so. Amity, Amity, Oregon is right outside of McMinnville in the heart yep. of wine country. Yep. In Oregon. Willamette Valley, McMinnville. Yeah, Willamette. Um, we'll, get, we'll get her husband on with uh, Jesse sometime and they can talk right. about wine. Right. In the most boring <laughs> podcast of all time. All right. Uh, let's move on. All right. So Robinson Cano. Former Mariner, current New York Met, received second PED suspension yesterday, I believe. Robinson Cano has been suspended for 162 games after testing positive yesterday for the band PED Stanzolol. Stanzolol. The same drug that he tested positive for in 2018 while a member of the Mariners. Cano, 38, will forfeit the $24 million in his salary because of the suspension. The Mariners are responsible for $3.75 million, while the Mets and new owner Steve Cohen will pay the rest. Cano is under contract for $24 million per year until 2023. Question. Question. Who keeps slipping Stanislaw Rufies into Robinson Cano's drinks? You think it's you think it's a setup? You think it's sabotage? I do. <laughs> cool. Why? Yeah, that's I like. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know who's out there to get Robinson Cano. Who are all the <laughs> Robinson Cano haters out there? New York Yankees. Yeah. Definitely. He played one year for the Yankees, I think. More than that. Uh, five years for the Yankees or something. Yeah, he? he played a long time for the Yankees. Oh, did he play a long time? He, okay. I think he, he came, came up, up through the Yankees organization. Okay, so they're just out to get him. That's what I'm saying. He keeps going to the Bronx and getting... Crosstown rivals. There you go. Um, how, do you get, how do you get busted twice in two years? All right, so... Also, I like, I feel like the way that those drugs keep evolving, like, there's no point. There's, like, if you get busted for using the same PED twice, then that's your problem. Like, you know, 
It's like bath salts. Well, like they easy, keep making though, new mask- ones that aren't even illegal, you know? But it's a masking agent. It's not the actual PED that he's being caught for. He's being caught for, for the substance that basically masks his use of PEDs. Oh. Well, well, I may I don't know, Thomas, because I, I just Googled it. So stanozolol, sten- stenozolol, anyway, that drug is a synthetic steroid that is derived from testosterone and has anabolic and androgenic properties. So that's the steroid. Well, then I'm going to allege that I'm not sure that he was actually. Con- I read maybe a, they I didn't read MLB. I don't know that he was. Con- I, I read that he was con- convicted or caught using a masking agent. I uh, right. So, I let me ask another question to you, Thomas. Um, what do your do you like Robinson Cano? Like he was with the Mariners for a long time. Are you a fan? Yeah, I, that was that was what I was going to say. I I there is a Robinson Cano jersey in my closet. Uh huh. I yeah. was, a, I, you know, I mean, I hate the Yankees as much as the next guy, but every once in a while, a Yankee will sort of sneak through that I kind of like. And Robinson Cano was that Yankee to me. So when the Mariners signed him to a big contract, while a little bit hesitant about the contract, I was a fan of the move. I liked the positive and forward thinking bit of it. I liked the kind of creating a culture here. And uh, I was a fan. So I bought a jersey in part to offset the cost of his contract. And I wore that jersey proudly, and I would honestly say that he was worth, I mean, that he had his his suspension. But he's, you know, I mean, here's my final take on it, is that these guys are, I don't know. I'm, I am a fan of Robinson Cano, so I'm a little, I'm definitely biased. But, you know, dudes like Nelson Cruz, too, it's like they these are people that are trying to remain at the top of the game, and they're, and the chances of them getting caught or not, you know what I mean, like, it's worth the risk to them yeah. on a certain level. And I can't argue with that belief. I agree with that. I, uh... and, and I mean, we're putting a lot of pressure on these. I don't know. I, I, I you know, if, if you talk to me about Jason Giambi getting caught with taking steroids, I'm like, Oh, fuck that guy. You know, but <laughs> well, I, here's the thing I think about Robinson Cano. Cause I also kind of like Robinson Cano and I, you stopped disliking him as soon as he left the Yankees. Um, when he got suspended with the Mariners, he got suspended and immediately got what would have been season-ending knee surgery, I think, anyway, right? <clears throat> so I thought that the thing about that is that he was kind of trying to find something to help him play through an injury. That was my hot take on Robinson Cano's previous steroid suspension. But we're talking about a guy right now, Robinson Cano, that's like on the cusp of Hall of Fame eligibility, right? Like he's got the numbers for it. Yeah, yeah. And like this second steroid positive test, like basically puts him out of the running for that, I think. So it seems to me that like, you know, I mean, maybe he figured he was out of the running already with the initial steroid test and he needed to like bulk up his numbers to get in the hall of fame. But like, he's right there already. If he, you know, if he plays three more years with the Mets and, you know, hits whatever 20 home runs a year, he could potentially have the numbers to get into the hall of fame. And I think that he's, he's screwed himself now. Well, so that's the real question is how many, how, how impressive does his career have to look? And how many, like, what's the quotient of, you know, PED suspension versus numbers before somebody's Hall of Fame? Like, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are, but 
are they going to get not put in the Hall of Fame? I mean, they're a livelihood. Oh, sorry. Um, what? That, that's, that's my... Uh, Don't you drive a truck all day? <laughs> CBS, CBS.com wants to sell you a truck. My bad. I was, I was Googling things. Uh, so that's, that's the question, because both Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are back on the Hall of Fame ballots that were just released this week. The thing I was just reading about, well, getting close to it, but they're both really close to being let in. Um, so, Robinson so Cano is no Barry Bonds, that's for sure. That, yeah, yeah. That, that, that being the that, and that being the implication was Barry Bonds ever suspended for PEDs or was it just no? He was never actually. He was never. He never got a PED. tested positive test. Okay, so there. So and Roger Clemens did was yeah. He got caught twice, maybe. Maybe, maybe, I think just once. The other thing is that uh, <clears throat> presidential candidate Jose Canseco 2024 both mentioned them in his book, which is a big deal. Right, well, and also there was, like, in the whole Balco, like, there was a lot of anecdotal, like, evidence of Barry Bonds being involved in, like, massive steroid use. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that the lack of a. Right, but he was never actually caught. I think that he that was never caught. He was never suspended. And I, so that, that that makes it trickier than the the, the totally. all of a sudden the various, too many variables in this equation. Yep. Right. But the other thing is that Cano is on the borderline. The thing that I was just reading before all my ads popped up was comparing comparing Cano to Manny Ramirez. And, and as a slugger who has had issues with PEDs and how that would affect their attempts to get into the Hall of Fame. All right, so here's my question. Okay, Nelson Cruz, will he be, event, you know, like, is he, A, does his quality of, I mean, he's been the most dominant slugger in the baseball for the last 10 years. Right, after he turned 32. Right, so, A, is he qualified for the Hall of Fame? considering that he was caught once for PEDs. And then also the, the, the B question of that is if he was caught to be caught again, would that immediately take any question out of it? You know what I mean? Like, and he, Nelson Cruz is a certified nice guy. You know what I mean? Like he's loved by the right. league. Right. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times. My opinion is until you let Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame, all of these conversations are, are moot. I think that's a fair point. But... Uh, <coughs> Uh, Nelson Cruz, okay, in terms of war, Manny Manny Ramirez and Robinson Cano are right around 70, both of them, um, which is kind of that that 70 is like the Hall of Fame war number. Manny Ramirez has 550 home runs also, 555 home runs. Nelson Cruz is not close to either of those guys in terms of war. His war is not in Hall of Fame sort of levels. He's got 30, just under 40 war career um, and 417 home runs, which is a shitload, but kind of 500 home runs is that Hall of Fame home run number. So that'll take you past the war conversation. Right. So I I don't think that he's got the numbers for the Hall of Fame anyway. Um, Okay, okay, okay. I think Robinson Cano does. And the other thing about Robinson Cano is that that dude in his prime was like one of the best defensive second basemen 
you know. I'm just sad he's spending almost all of it with the Yankees. Right. Well, the other issue is he's 38, and now he's suspended for the entirety of the 2021 season, so... I think Robinson Cano could be fine with being retired at this point. That, yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. As I don't know, not when you have... the last four years, I'd say that he's like, eh, I'm good, you know what? Right, but it's hard to say I'm good to $50 million. Right. Oh, because he'd be walking away from that kind of money? Yeah, right. $24 million a year. Well, I mean, he's not. I guess he won't do that, but... But like okay, I would, I will go to a baseball stadium and just have people boo me and throw trash on me every day for 162 games a year for two years for a hundred for fifty million dollars. I will do that. <laughs> Sam just puts on a mustache and everybody thinks he's Robinson Cano. Yeah. I exactly. He give if he gives me half of his salary, I will go and pretend to be him. <laughs> For two years. Actually be, okay, so that's a pretty front funny premise for a movie is like a tired old baseball star just randomly hires somebody to be him. <laughs> and then they have to be like a professional baseball player. And just how bad they would play and all these people being like, what is wrong yeah. with Robinson like, Cano? Fuck you, Robinson Cano! <laughs> he, is, he is 005 on the season. <laughs> he looks different, too. <laughs> and, but then he's somehow up to bat in the bottom of the ninth in Game 7 of the World Series. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't get carried on a World Series roster, but... <laughs> Whatever, he's borderline Hall of Famer Robinson Cano. Yeah. He's just really fast. Like, Robinson Cano sees him in a foot race. He's like, oh, that guy beat me. And he's really fast. Oh, that could be that would be like the major league players, like his thing. It would be like a base stealer, you know, like a really rangy yeah, outfielder. Suck at, you suck at everything, but you're a really good base stealer. Yeah, so he's like having a you know having a moment with his agent, like a real come to, come to come to terms moment with his agent. He's just like, I don't want to fucking play baseball anymore. His agent's like, you need to make twenty four million dollars a year per next two years if you just show up. And yeah, like, exactly. And then all of a sudden, like some kids are racing, and he sees the guy like totally blow the. That's like a Bubba Hotep, right? It's Elvis. Bubba Hotep. You ever see that movie? No, I'm thinking of Dave, the one with Kevin Klein. Oh, oh yeah. In, oh, that's a good In Bubba Hotep, this old guy claims to be Elvis and that he switched places with an Elvis impersonator. And the Elvis impersonator mm. is the one who died on the toilet. And the real Elvis lived out his life as an Elvis impersonator. Huh. I saw that. Yeah. So Robinson Cano needs to get a Robinson Cano impersonator. Right. Gotcha. Right. No, I mean, that's <clears throat> just the premise for a movie. I don't think I don't want Robinson Cano to sully his good name. I think no, 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 just... because you know who he'd hire: Bartolo Colon. <laughs> <clears throat> but the only Robinson Cano like impersonators are like really specific like prostitute fetishist people (laughs) so it's like just some like weird prostitute is now robinson cano i don't know if i want to go down that 
Google search. Yeah. Anyway, find it on Reddit. We'll talk about it next week. We should move on. All right. All right. I think I'm excited. Okay. Yeah, we're moving on. I'm, next topic, I'm so and we don't have a lot of time for this one. So, but it's uh, very, it's okay. pretty important because a world record has been broken. So a we got to talk about. World record this. has been broken. Yeah, world record has been broken, and the record is for the most expensive sporting pigeon ever sold. New Kim, a two-year-old female racing pigeon, was sold for $1.9 million last week in Belgium. Because where else the fuck are you going to buy a sporting pigeon? Um, (laughs) New Kim was purchased by an anonymous Chinese billionaire and broke the record for the most expensive pigeon ever sold. That record was set earlier this year when somebody bought Armando the Pigeon for... (laughs) Which is such a better name for a pigeon. Like, if you're going to name a pigeon, I feel like the pigeon should be their, you know, family name for all pigeons. Anyway, uh, that pigeon, Armando the Pigeon, was sold for $1.25 million. So the question here is, uh, and this is open to either of you, um, what is pigeon racing and how is Mike Tyson involved? Go ahead, Joel. Oh, man. I was so excited when I found out about this headline. Fucking pigeon racing. So pigeon racing is like the exploding sport of the the billionaire class in China right now. And it works by you get all these fucking pigeons in a like a barn together, and you keep them there so they get a... a acclimated to the barn and then you put them in a truck and drive them very like a hundred miles away and then you release them and the first pigeon to find its way back to the barn wins and these chinese billionaires bet insane amounts of money on pigeon raising so it's like it's like the it's like the new horse racing except it's pigeon racing right so do they like follow them like with GPS trackers? I believe so. And or do they just like wait like at the yeah. barn? What? Or do they just wait at the barn? Because both of those would be hilarious. I think <laughs> that'd be very dramatic. I think they. I think it's all like they've got drones and GPS, and they videotape the pigeons. Uh. And you know, dumbass, clearly the pigeon got lost and eaten by a fox. And- <laughs> Yeah, you know. early the pigeon. They're all named the pigeon, except for this new Kim, because there already was a Kim the pigeon. <laughs> I think that there should be a new sport that we should start, where we just go to these pigeon racing races and release a bunch of hawks. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we sell hawks. It's like oh, this hawk ate both Armando and the pigeon. And new Kim last year, like he he's Kim for sale for two million. Yeah, <laughs> and oh, it's like a the Kim killer. It's like a it's a it's a it's a different competing. You, you sport. would get us killed by the Chinese mafia. That's the problem. <laughs> and Mike Tyson. <laughs> well, see, okay, I had a different perspective of pigeon racing. I thought it was like more of like a 
quick point A to like one guy standing on one rooftop and one guy standing on another rooftop like a sardine. And there's like, you know, the one guy <laughs> on the one has two pigeons and they both fly after the sardine and never gets their first win. Right. You know, it's like, that's what I thought it was. So I'm kind of confused now because I... That's the I underground knew version. Mike Tyson was involved in pigeon racing and I thought it was more like that than like driving somewhere far away and like what's that the great adventure what's the one with yeah. like the dog and the cat and the owl or something get sent oh, homeward bound. Bound. bound yeah 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 no it's definitely a marathon not a sprint i think the old men in queens like like bernie sanders who does that kind of pigeon racing that you're talking right about. well that yeah well, so there is so there maybe there is and so this longest pigeon racing makes me less inclined to believe that mike tyson is involved but there's money involved. Right. But here, and here's the other thing. And, you know, I don't want to, like, get soapboxy here. But it's kind of fucked up that in the year 2020, where people are like, nobody has a job, and everybody is, like, really stressed out about their business or their money or, like, getting a job when they can go back to work. And not one, but two pigeons were sold for yeah. more than a million dollars this year. <laughs> like if there's ever like ever been more of a sign that like there's a there's a wealth problem in this world i think that's yeah, we should it probably change things there's people selling pigeons for a million dollars <laughs> <laughs> all you need one is one like Irvin Ir- the eagle and kim kim killer <laughs> To take care of the problem. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. You start a second sport. And the second sport is training hawks to kill million-dollar racing pigeons. I think I think it's like a hawk biathlon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the second sport? Well, you know, it's like, I mean, they're just... Because they have to chase it from yeah, point you A have to point B. You have to fly and you have to kill. Yeah. It's like, it's like they, they, they do a long-distance ski and then they shoot the pigeon. You know? <laughs> I have one. All right. All right. We're done. We're done. (laughs) On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been Dub on the uh, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Sometimes this has been the Pigeon Corner. Shout out, Eli. You know, I, I had you in mind when I found this headline. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, find us on all of your social media applications, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. We're going to change that into a food uh, Instagram account. You have to keep calling it Dump on the Ump, though. And it will like, continue just, to be Dump on the Ump. Just pictures of food. Yeah. People will be really confused. <laughs> uh, Listen to us on Apple iTunes. Give us a rating, a review, and a subscription. Tweet at us at Dump on the Ump. Facebook, Dump on the Ump. Dump on the, dump on the Press. WordPress.DumpOnTheUmp.com. Ladies and gentlemen, for Sam and Thomas, my name is Joel. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. He's my love.
I was looking up number one albums from 1984 when that came up. Why? Why? You, I was born. <clears throat> oh, nice. Yeah. I was th- I thought it was like going to be in reference to a- Jose Abreu. Oh, that's even better. No. <laughs> um, I was like about to text. Who's good? Wait, who's reading what question at the very beginning? And then you guys started talking about who was reading the question, and I was like, oh, we should figure that out before next time. No, you were right. We were wrong. We were idiots. <laughs> that would have been an off. Uh, camera thing to discuss. Well, it worked out. Oh, well. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, that was fun. That was fun. How Thanks you guys for doing? 9.30. I got this whole thing about Steve Cohen I can read to you guys. I'm working on it. I'm ready. B-Block? B-Block? You own a such oh. B-Block? Yeah, I could do. I can do it. Thomas, you in? Or you got like a family. Another <laughs> family. <clears throat> yeah, I probably should call. I should probably call it. Okay. All right, we're gonna do this B block because I want to get this done. But uh, you should listen. Okay, to so it. just start it. I'm gonna start it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit here. Okay, and then you can like <laughs> you can you get off like halfway through. Yeah. Well, let I me let me pee first. Oh fuck! I forgot to stop recording. <laughs>